Alrighty, guys. Welcome back to Adventure Radio. Today, we've got a special treat for you. Everybody's favorite CrossFitter in the world, Chris Spiller. Tom, oh. <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris is a friend of mine, um, good buddy. Is he? Yeah, yeah. One of your best mates? Yes. We're best, best man at your wedding. Really? Best man. Best man at your wedding. He's going to be, yep. Really? I, I haven't told him because I wanted to be a surprise, but <laughs> he's going to be best man. It's going to be great. Um, so we have Chris Biller. Chris is a seven-time CrossFit Games athlete, um, competed at the first ever CrossFit Games, came second, I think, in 2007 or eight, um, and just an all-round good guy. One of the great minds in CrossFit too, like mm. really just... Uh, Really pragmatic about his approach and uh, left no stone unturned. Also worked for CrossFit HQ for 10 years and he's owned his uh, gym for 10 years. Which left is no successful. barbell uncleaned. Left no barbell uncleaned. Yeah. Very poetic there, mate. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> we are but specks of dust in the wind. <laughs> um, so you're going to love this one, guys. Uh, it was a quick chat because Chris is a busy man, but yep. um, yeah, it was, uh, it was plenty, plenty of fun. So For sure. Uh, we're, we're brought to you today by, um, by True Pride guys. True Pride are a wealth creation service who focus in on uh, working with ambitious individuals and families looking to worry less, take control, and get ahead. If you want to try out True Pride, head to www.truepride.com.au forward slash ADVF and uh, you'll get a $297 joining fee waived if you decide to go ahead. Book a phone call, have a chat, see if they can help you. I'm sure they can. There's many different ways that they can help anybody and, uh, and check it out from there. Also, we're brought to you by Carve. Carve is a company that designs, oops, specializes in anything digital from building apps, designing a logo, automating your business, down to setting up your next event. Uh, check out Carve at www.carve.ph forward slash ADVF and get 10 hours free on any project. Mm. Uh, I've set about five or six people up with Carve now and they are loving it, guys. And that ranges from um, tradesmen to retail store owners to CrossFit gym owners to a protein supplier um, yeah it's going well for everybody involved so check it out yourself upscale your business we're also brought to you by AdventureFit Travel head to www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash nothing <laughs> head to, head to AdventureFit Travel check out all of our trips we've got coming up we've got Bali with Carl Paoli we've got Mexico with Jared Fleming we've got uh, Kokoda Trek coming up for all you Aussies and Kiwis that might be interested in that and a bunch more cool stuff. If you want to book in on a trip, use the code RADIO for 10% off. Here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Alrighty, guys, here we are. We are back and uh, we have Chris Spieler joining us from Park City, Utah. Before we throw over to Chris, we, uh, I have Tommy next to me as usual. And, uh, and he's going to start the show with Tommy's Tribute. <laughs> Alrighty, welcome aboard, Chris. Uh, Thanks, man. The, uh, the song I've decided to cover is Jumper 
by uh, Third Eye Blind because I recently just watched Yes Man and um, it sort of appears in that one. So we'll give it a go. Nice. Sounds good. <laughs> Sweet. I wish you were not so fit and strong, my friend. You could come back and show the world what a ledge you are. And if you wanted to give me some free shit, I would understand. I would understand. Well, his name is Spill. He's a CrossFit vet. I think he has his own private jet. He's a real badass He's competed seven times Bill's committed about a hundred crimes There's just no comparison Well, everyone I know, they say they love you My friend, you're a genuine champion I wish you were not so fit and strong, my friend You could Come back and show the world what a ledge you are. And if you wanted to give me some free shit, I really, really want it. Maybe just a t shirt. Welcome aboard. I love it, man. Thank you. Um, so, Spill a born with a private jet in the yeah. in the song. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that's bold. Uh, CrossFit's, yeah. uh, CrossFit's paying well, it's apparently. Doing well. It's doing very well. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> um, hey, Chris, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cool. So, um, for the people that don't know, anyone that's a CrossFit fan, they're obviously going to know uh, all about you. One of the most loved CrossFit athletes of all time, if not number one. For people that don't know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, tell us a little bit about how you got into CrossFit as well. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I guess uh, I started CrossFit in 2006. I just kind of stumbled into it. A friend of mine was in the Marines, and he was kind of uh, just an old young life kid that I knew from uh, working with that organization. And, um, yeah, stumbled into him, and he was just like, oh, you got to check out CrossFit.com. And just like most of us, uh, you know, I was kind of doing my own thing. And, um yeah, I went back, uh, back home and I looked online and, and found it and I saw a workout and I thought I would give it a shot for six weeks and see how it went. And I guess the rest is kind of history. You know, I never stopped and never looked back. Mm, absolutely. And now it's, uh, now it's your life. So you've got, um, uh, you've got Park City. How, how involved in CrossFit are you these days? Um, obviously not training wise, but like, do you have anything to do with HQ or are you just running your own your own box now. You're doing um, seminars. How's it? How's it shaped your life these days? Yeah. So I actually, you know, kind of, kind of some big changes, but, but all good. It's uh, I just recently, about three or four weeks ago, stepped away from teaching seminars for CrossFit headquarters. I did that for almost nine years. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it, it was great, you know. But uh, a lot of travel, a lot of time on the road, and I loved the work, but. The travel was just uh, after almost a decade of it was pretty, pretty tough. So I just kind of stepped away from that, and I'm working at the gym. Obviously, we have CrossFit Park City, and then probably the big focus, CrossFit Park City will be. We will have been open this coming spring for 
uh, for 10 years. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then, uh, the big thing that I have going on now is just icon athlete. So it's taking all this, you know, experience that I have from competing and my passion for getting outside of the gym and providing online programming and a resource for people that they can use as an affiliate, uh, an athlete that just uses the CrossFit methodology or that training to get better at what they do, um, or athletes that are trying to go to the games. So that's like a real big focus right now. Yeah, that's awesome. And that stuff probably wasn't around um, until really a few years ago, the whole online programming wave. We had um, we had a D Zucker or formerly Zucker now, Kaju from um, Working Against Gravity on last yeah. week. And she, um, yeah, she's, she's now built a huge um, stable of athletes that she works with on the nutrition side how lucky do you feel now that you've got it's a it's a whole other revenue stream for for you guys who have a great name in the industry that probably wasn't around I would say five years ago there wasn't much of this going on really was there I don't think so and I think a lot of it was just because uh you know things were younger and at the time five years ago people weren't quite at the point of you know even exploring the option of having a coach per se and mm. then I think once those doors opened up of thinking you know, hey, well, maybe a coach can help me be better or um, maybe as an affiliate owner, we can take the programming piece off of our plate so we can focus on the business more mm-hmm. or for someone that's just starting out like, hey, I need a warm up, a workout, the goal for the workout, a cool down, like just tell me what to do and I can do it. Um, that really wasn't there. Uh, I think just because of like the maybe the youth of the movement, you know, yeah. but now as things have evolved, I think it's uh, the opportunities out there have have gotten you know more prevalent, and and there's a lot of great programs out there now. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. So you're um you're an athlete that went without. I might be wrong. I might be wrong in this, but you're an athlete that went without a coach for a good portion of your career. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. So I since I started in you know the first games I went to is in 2007 and. I didn't have a coach until 2012, and right. that's when I reached out to Ben mm-hmm. Bergeron. Mm. And and how did it like? How did it differ? Because I remember there used to be a lot of athletes that wouldn't have coaches, and then now um, it's kind of I don't think there's too many, but it's like pretty much it's across shifting the, like, a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, across, it seems to me like it's mm. nearly nearly across the board. Everyone's got coaches. How how did it? What like why for you did you change? You're a five time by that stage or whatever games veteran. How come you decided to go and get a coach? What do you think? What do you think were the, was the catalyst to uh, make you want to change and have someone doing all the programming and telling you what to do? I think a couple things. One is at that point, the evolution of CrossFit was weights were getting heavier. Gymnastics kind of wasn't moving anywhere. Um, and I needed help. You know, I had done some strength cycles and worked with a guy. His name was Chris Mason. And he uh, is like a West Side barbell guy. And yep. I worked with him a little bit to help me with some strength cycles. Um, but he didn't know CrossFit. Uh, and he was really helpful. But those that carryover wasn't quite enough of what I needed for being able to move heavy weight rep after rep. So part of it was that I just needed help because I wasn't mm-hmm. where I wanted to be. Yep. And then the other piece is just knowing my personality. Because I'm just an athlete that I like – not having to think. Mm. I, I like to be like, hey, Chris, if you do A, we're pretty sure you'll get B. Mm-hmm. Not guaranteed, you know, but we're pretty sure. It's like, hey, give me the work. If you tell me to run through a brick wall, I'll do that. If you tell me to 
chew on some concrete, I'll do that. Like whatever, just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. I just work well with that because yep. then I can focus on all the other outside variables that really truly matter now. Yeah, for sure. And was, was that something where before training with a coach, you were just sort of um, going to the gym and doing your own thing by yourself, like behind closed doors or, and, and, you know, obviously when, uh, when you finally got a coach was like, Oh, there's more people around me. There's someone that's keeping me accountable. Did, did that sort of help you a bit as well? Um, I, yeah. So when I, before I had a coach, I would just go in and do things that I felt like doing or not so much felt like doing. I challenged myself, uh, a lot, but I would just kind of go by feel, you know, mm. here's how my body feels. So here's the work that I'm going to do today. Mm. Here's how much I want to work out. Here's how long I want to work out. Um, and at the time, you know, I would just kind of do that on my own or jump in with some friends if they were working out at the gym. Um, but once I actually started getting coached from Ben, it's funny just because of, I think my circumstances and my situation, I worked out by myself probably even more until about 2014. Right. Yeah. Just because most of the stuff that I was doing, people were like, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's, yeah, right. So the volume and, and the loading and things like that. And although it's completely scalable, um, I worked out by myself a lot. Mm. And then the times that I had working out with other athletes were usually at an event, if it was with like Rogue or Progenix or Reebok, and we kind of had those athletes there. That's where I got the exposure to just being with the other guys. Mm. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So with the, um, with the, obviously you started CrossFit um, and then pretty much straight into the games nearly from, were you at the first ever CrossFit games? Or was I was. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so how did the, um, do you think it's crazy how the sports evolved since then? Like you look at the old videos and the old, particularly you can look at a number of things, the movements, one, and the, the way people look uh, moving weight. And <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. And then the, uh, the, weight that they're, the weight that they're moving compared to now. Um, how crazy is it for you looking back at where you started and then now competitively you've finished up and, and it's still going further and further. How, how crazy is it for you to look at the comparison of how, much it's come, how far it's come in 10 years? Yeah, it's it's pretty surreal to think about where it started um, and how much it's evolved over the course of the past decade. Um, I was It's funny, I was working out in the gym the other day and I forget what I was doing, but I was doing some lifting and I remember thinking to myself, like, I remember when I first started CrossFit and I remember when I like almost, my, I almost like broke my spine trying to clean 195. Yeah. Mm. And, and like that's it's just crazy to think that like that was a challenge for mm. me then and like how far all of us have evolved as athletes. It's nuts. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's really funny that especially with weightlifting numbers, because, um, five years ago you would look at people and they were, you know, snatching a hundred kilograms was huge. You know, wow, yep. those guys can snatch hundred kilograms, you know, 130, yeah. 130 kilogram clean and jerk was pretty impressive. And mm. then, but I, I always thought that there would be a ceiling on that. And then the further time, like the further uh, time goes by, it, it's not really, there's not really a ceiling yet. But you do, know, now do, guys do you reckon there'll be a ceiling in the next five to 10 years now? Now maybe, the numbers are like, really slow. Guys, guys are snatching 135 kilograms now, like yeah. medium sized guys. And yeah. then clean, some guys clean and jerk 160, 170. Like yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty good national level. It's not, it's not world level, but it's like some really high level, national level weightlifters that are mm. coming straight out of CrossFit. I, like, I really wonder where it's going to go in five or 10 years' time. Yeah, are we yeah. going to have CrossFit athletes that are legitimately 
podiuming in yep. national weightlifting meets. And what do you think about that, Chris? I mean, I think that uh, right now, that depending on what country you're in, that because there's so much weightlifting involved in CrossFit, and because, like, let's be honest, the weightlifting community is incredibly small. Mm, you yeah. know, so like, mm. for like, when when did we know about Olympic lifting until we started doing CrossFit? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, it's like nobody really knows about it. So I think depending on what country you're in and how strong the lifting is there, just the pure exposure to doing it frequently is going to create opportunities for athletes to do well on the national level. Mm. I do think there's a ceiling. I, I absolutely do. Um, and I think we're getting close to it depending mm. on what happens with the program. Yeah. Um, and I think that athletes, if there's going to be a ceiling, athletes will have to be challenged more with the endurance-oriented and gym, mm. like higher skill gymnastics movements Otherwise, like, cause the reality is like we have people that are national level weightlifters, you know, but yeah. if they went into like a six year old gymnastic class, they would get schooled. <laughs> yeah. And 100%. so it's, it's a bit lopsided in that sense. Um, but I do think they are ever evolving and trying to challenge athletes, uh, to the best of their ability. Mm. And especially as well, because, you know, CrossFit is a sport of variance and you have to do like you said so many other things we have to be good at you know butterfly pull-ups and endurance events and all this sort of stuff and with all that in mind there's only so heavy you can go with a barbell before you have to you know increase your weight and um obviously slow down on the other sides but um yeah i think um do, do you think on that that the gymnastics side of crossfit and i'm referring specifically to the games will really start mm-hmm. to be um challenged more like you're going to see more advanced um moves being thrown into events and things? I hope so, but it's also really difficult to measure. You know, so if you think about CrossFit in the sense of this measurable, observable, repeatable program where a barbell is easy to do that. Mm. You know, you lifted X amount and it moved this range of motion and you did this many reps, but how do you measure, like, let's just get like way outside the box. How do you measure an iron cross? Mm. Yeah. You know, so I wonder if that's going to, prevent them but i mean can you can you imagine if they were like okay the event is opening up with a five second iron cross <laughs> into you know what i mean like yeah. into five ring handstand push-ups and then ted deadlifts at 405 and what you know what i mean like it's just yeah. insane. i just don't know if that's a measurable thing yeah and then you see events like at the games this year where they try to introduce the ring handstand push up mm. and it's like, oh my gosh, like holy buckets, you know, we're way off, you know, mm, <laughs> like, yeah. like we're that not even ugly close to, watch. to oh. yeah, that, yeah, that, so that it, ring handstand push up one was so hard for the judges too. Oh, that was impossible. Yeah. We were we were standing there kind of watching it and just it looked bad because of the inconsistencies from the judges, but it wasn't the judges' fault. Yeah. And it wasn't CrossFit HQ's fault either. It was just an impossible because yeah. it was it's strict in a sense you had to keep your legs straight, wasn't it? Is that what the yeah? So you couldn't mm, kip. Yeah, right. I think yeah. your legs couldn't I think your legs couldn't bend. Mm. You know, they couldn't climb up. So I love the intention. Yes. Right? The yeah. intention is there. Um, but I think they're still learning 
what's like what's the real application there and then how do we measure it most fairly and i think that's still a a learning process Mm. for everyone involved yeah for sure um there was some of those um some of those handstand push-ups they look like um they look like regular push-ups like bench press kind of they yeah, were bodies yeah. were leaned, yeah. out, leaned out on that much of an angle but yeah. they were held in by the rope so it was like technically the body's kind of straight <laughs> but it's on the wrong plane yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah hey um i got a question and we don't need to we don't need to go on about this or, or delve too too deeply into it but i want to ask somebody that's at the very high echelon of the sport so with the um the Glock controversy with the um at the CrossFit Games this year, Chris, like yeah. uh, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you what I think about it, and then and then you can tell sure. me what you think about it. But I think I think CrossFit have a really um they have a they have a they have a this thing that they like to do to to razz up people on social media and to cause controversy, and whether that's a marketing ploy or not, I think it's really disrespectful in a lot of ways. Not just this this particular uh, um instance, but to all the affiliate owners out there, you know, mm-hmm. because um, a lot of people obviously build their, their livelihood on uh, on the CrossFit brand, which has been so good for them in a lot of ways. But then, yep. um, obviously, Americans that um, love their guns. Let's 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 not beat around the bush. But to, for a lot of the other a lot of the other nations around the world, it was kind of like a really shocking, um, a really sh- kind of shocking um, prize and sponsor. And then it was more the afterwards the um, the posts that were coming out from from Dave Castro and from Matty Fraser and everybody that were kind of stirring the pot even more. What do you think about like the direction that CrossFit's taking with th- that? That can't be good for branding and for the affiliate owners out there. Or do you have a, do you have a, do you have a, a stance on it? Yeah. You know, so, so first of all, yeah, you know, I'm American and, and I do support gun rights. I do, you know, yep. and, and I own firearms and I do think that, you know, depending, I do think that there are, you know, I'm in full support of, having background checks and making sure that, you know, the right people own firearms. I'm mm. in full support of that, but I also support the right to own one, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so for me, I look at it in this two kind of folded thing. Like I support that thought process of like, Hey, we have the right to bear arms as Americans. And I support that. And I do think that owning a firearm is an incredibly high responsibility mm-hmm. that people need to be held accountable, accountable for. Um, I think that we should have the right to do that, but I also think that people maybe underestimate the responsibility of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important to address that. Um, so for me, when I look at it at first glance, I'm like, wow, what a, you know, what a cool, what a cool prize. Like I could win a Glock, like that's yeah. cool, you know? And then I think the difficult part is when that post came out, the timing of it, because of what had happened, I think it was the nightclub in Florida. Yeah. Um, when there was the, the shooting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it was the timing of it and the presentation of it. I do think, um, there is a way to be more tactful yeah. and more aware of how that affects affiliate owners, um, gym members, the community in general. And, uh, I think that, uh, that, that was difficult. I think that could have been handled better. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't know how else to say it other than I, I get it in the sense that I think it is, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I do think it's legitimately cool that we have the right. I think it's, uh, 
you know, I think it's a privilege that we have that right. And I think we need to be responsible with it, like I said, but I think that that could have been handled much better. And as we look at those things, like how does it, like you guys said, like how does that maybe taking a second before we hit the post button and say, okay, how does this affect everyone involved mm, Yeah, and not, and not just what I think about it, but how does it affect everybody involved? And I think that could be done maybe a little bit more tactfully. Alrighty guys, we're just going to uh, halt the show for a quick second and have a quick word from our sponsors. So firstly, we are sponsored by True Pride. So True Pride are a wealth creation service who work with ambitious individuals and families looking to take control, worry less, and get ahead. Now, I've been using, uh, I've been using True Pride, guys. I've been using uh, the the software that uh, Big Craig provides. It's it's cash fit. It's great software. It's basically, just a really, really, really easy way just to have a look at your budget and have a look at the categories that the most of your spending is going towards. I'm spending way too much on on food and dining, and I've cut that back. And uh, by identifying that, I've already saved about I'm up to about $90 a week now. So if you are in the same boat, guys, head to www.truepride.com.au forward slash ADVF. Uh, you will get the $297 joining fee waived as well when you call via the website. The next one, guys, is Carve. So Carve is a company that specializes in anything digital from building apps, designing a logo, automating your business down to setting up your next event. It is a partner when you have when you want to have more time to focus on the things you love and scale your business. Now, Bill, you've set a few people up with Carve. How have they gone? Good. They're only just starting out early early days. But like I said earlier, we've had a, um, a retail store that have, uh, that have been stoked. They've been able to outsource tons of their stuff that I want to do. Um, we've had a protein supplier, the Nike Co., who are getting set up with Carve. Um, a tradesman friend of mine's been set up with Carve. Um, Alex Chong's working with Carve now uh, from CrossFit, CrossFit U in West Melbourne. So... Anything that you don't like doing in your business, then you can outsource that, guys, and you can focus on the bigger things. So you can either upscale your business, do more if you've got the money to pay for it, or get some more time back in your life if you've got the money to, to, to make, uh, make it easier on yourself. So head to www.carve.ph ADVF, get 10 free hours, and uh, enjoy. Back to the show. Yeah, sure. for sure. I think, um, I think it's... By and large, it's a normal thing for Americans, and for the rest of the world, I think the rest mm. of the world were kind of like furrowing their brows. But we don't need to. We don't need to. Um, we don't need to spend too much more time on that. I just wanted to kind of get your um, sure. get, get your light. get your read on it. Um, so, oh, so what are you doing now, Chris? Like, what's your what's your training look like now in comparison to like the last uh, the last year that you were still competing at uh, at games level? What are you um, What are you doing day to day now? Yeah, I mean, really, I just I, I either work out with a class because I really enjoy the environment of being able to work out with my friends um, and having the community environment, or I do an icon workout, um, and I usually just work out an hour a day. You know, I don't cool. spend much more time doing that. I try to get outside and ride my bike when I can. I'm looking forward to the ski season coming up and and getting out on the hill. Um, so those are really a big priority for me now, and I let my training kind of guide that so mm. that it doesn't just take away from it awesome so how did that compare to let's let's put it into perspective because um, obviously you've got a young family and that's probably I, I imagine that's probably w- what really took you away from from the sport uh, or, but but I'll put it this way like what's um what did you what did you what did a day in the life of Chris Bill look like in your last year of of competition 
Yeah. So I was still teaching seminars and I would generally, you know, I was doing that anywhere between three and four weekends a month. Mm. Um, so I would travel every Friday and every Sunday night or Monday morning. So I would take Fridays and Sundays off because of travel days. Mm-hmm. Monday or Tuesday through Thursday were like my big volume days. And <clears throat> generally it was, you know, I would go to sleep when I was tired. I wouldn't set up an alarm. I'd just wake up whenever I woke up. Um, eat some breakfast, take my son to school around nine o'clock, roll to the gym, start training at about nine 30. Uh, and then I usually wouldn't stop until about one 30 or one 45 <laughs> and yep. just go get my son at school at about two o'clock, go home. Once I was home, I would usually take about an hour nap and lay on the couch in like Normatec boots, foam roll, eat more food, <laughs> hang out. Um, just try to like lay low and recover mm-hmm. and then do it all over again the next day. So yeah. I think people underestimate the time and effort that those athletes put into it, not just in the gym, but the lifestyle they choose to live outside of the gym so mm-hmm. that they can sustain it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Exactly. So, well, that sounds like a heavy workload, but you, so you weren't doing, you never did, um, like, did you, did you go into the gym twice a day? For a portion there, were you doing double days or anything like that? Or it was always kind of one and done, just one big session for you? Uh, so I usually set it up in that one big session just so I could spend more time with the family. So it was yeah. kind of that nine to two. But there were definitely times throughout the season, depending on when, uh, that I might be there, you know, nine to 12 and then go back in or have to, you know, go back and do a swim workout that night. So, yeah, there were times where I would do two or three sessions in a day. Um, but you know, that just depended on really my schedule and the, the volume that I was dealing with. And uh, this is going to sound like a weird question, but did you, when you were training for the games and you were training with that much um, volume, did you, uh, did you enjoy it? Like, talk us through the mental side of it um, when you were going through it. Um, what's funny is like, when you get to that point of, okay, you know, especially this window between regionals and the games, that's generally when we saw the most volume, at least I did. Mm. And it's this kind of cool period of time because you've made it to the games. So you're very excited about that. You know, you know, the hard work you've put in so far has paid off to get you there, but you still have these goals at the games, you know, for some, I know for me by the the last year, it wasn't to win. I knew I wasn't in the, in a position to win unless the programming was pretty slanted toward a guy that was 36, five, five with (laughs) my shoes on and we're 45. (laughs) Um, So for me, I enjoyed that time of year because it was just like things were so focused and I would generally stop teaching seminars for about a month there and just train and Mm. Um, that's when I would drag like a lot of my friends into the gym and there's a guy, Ryan at the gym, he trains with us now and, and I would just drag him in and do the workouts with me all the time. And he was a total stud and just like dealt with it. And he's a college kid at the time and just like came in and worked out with me. Even if he just got smashed, he'd just work out with me. I was like, Ryan, I'll see you tomorrow at this time or, yeah. you know, and, uh, it's just a cool time of year because, your hard work has paid off, but it's not done yet. So you're still very motivated. Um, and I enjoyed that. I really did. And it probably wouldn't have been as stressful as the, the in between the open to regional stage, I suppose, because once you've gotten, yeah, you've once got you've the gotten through the regionals, I mean, like you say, 
you weren't particularly focusing or, or thinking that you were going to win it. So it was more more of a, a celebration of training. Is that fair to say? Because I, I imagine the, the open to the regionals would be quite stressful because yep. regionals are like a mini game. Oh, apparently, and you, obviously the, the mindset is you have to prove yourself every single year that you still you still got it. Yeah, yeah. Regionals was way more stressful than the games, and part of it is just that everyone had the same workouts and. We had time to practice them or time to improve mm. on them. So, you know, you have guys that are just like repeating the workouts again and again, rightly so, right? Because they're trying to improve on their weaknesses mm. and get better. But it's just like by the time you get there, it was just, oh, I'm so ready to be done. Like I'm yeah. so ready to be done with these workouts and, you know, I'm so ready to like not have to worry about this competition. And regionals, hands down, is for those athletes that are really gunning for the games, regionals is more stressful than the games for sure so what about like um t- touching on when you actually have workouts um that are announced what is your mindset with that do you go out um i uh, i like not in the open per se but maybe for regionals do you go out and break it down piece by piece and and time this part of the workout and this part of the workout? do you do the whole workout do you do the whole workout 10 times like how do you how do you um prepare when you know which workout's coming up yeah, for me, I would do the workouts as they came out. So I'd kind of run through the mock regionals because they release them, you know, one day they release the two workouts the next day. So we would do them in that order. And then once I did all the workouts and kind of got a feel for them, generally, instead of repeating the entire workout, depending on what it is, we would work on pieces of the workout. Um, so I'm trying to think of like an example of that in 2014, there was I think it was like that 21... 15, 9, 6, and 3, or 21, 15, 9, 6 of handstand push-up, front squat, and burpee over the bar. Yep. Um, so I did the workout in its entirety, and then I would do pieces of it. Like I would do 25 handstand push-ups right into 25 front squats at 195. Um, or, uh, you know, like the heavy, what was it, like the heavy nasty girls where we did like muscle ups pistols and the hang power cleans at 175 so i would do like uh i think i remember one of the workouts being on the minute for i want to say it was five minutes the first minute was 10 unbroken ring muscle ups and then every minute after that was 10 hang power cleans at 175 on the minute so so you know working the elements that i needed to improve upon without doing the entire workout yeah so just just building the volume in um yeah so, yeah, cool. So, did you have any? Um, so, you were pretty uh, kind of renowned for being able to grind out workouts well and being able to being able to pace really well. And um, and did you have anything that you do before a workout to get your mind ready for the workout that you were going to go through? Or, or um, yeah, tell us about how if you had any mindset practices, and also tell us about if you had any. Um, any real game plan if you were like, right, this is what I'm this is what I've got to do and I'm gonna break it up into this, this and this. And how did you what was going on through your mind when you're at the games or when you're at a, a regionals for a big workout, a big event? I mean they're all the same. They're all big. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, you know, for me, if I knew what the workouts were, like regionals, I would do some visualization. So generally like when I woke up in the morning as things got closer, I would kind of walk through the workout in my mind and just from start to finish, everything from like the warm up to walking out and you know, how I was going to break things up and what the venue is going to be like. So just, just to 
be more comfortable when I was there and feel more prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew my body well enough that I could pace things pretty, uh, pretty well without having to put too much thought into it. I had done so many workouts that I knew, you know, if I had a 225 clean that I couldn't do more than sets of three, otherwise I'd explode. And by the time I accumulated 15 reps, I should probably go to singles. So I knew all that stuff and just put that into practice with what, whatever came out. Um, so yeah, there, there is a big piece of that, of that mental side that I really relied on as I went through the competitions, um, where I struggled with was generally at the games when they would program the things that were like really outside the box of your classic CrossFit stuff. Yeah. I struggled with that stuff. Like I didn't, I generally wasn't a real good athlete when it came to like, uh, you know, hauling around the sandbags mm, and yeah. slamming in the stake. And, you know, I just, that's the stuff that I had a difficult time strategizing. Mm. Um, and I found myself struggling with more than others. What yeah. do you think about all that stuff? Like, um, are you a big fan of the pegboard, um, the pegboard style event? Like, that looked tough. Yeah. For the, I, I was there um, watching it in the first year. Yeah. And no offense to the female side of the field. Uh, they, they, the guys, they the guys struggled through it. Yeah, the, the females just stared at the board. Yeah, yeah. Like the first three heats, there was probably two or three chicks that, you know, got a, got yeah. up. the. And are you a big fan of these oddball events or do you think we should kind of stay in the lane of barbells and gymnastics movements? What do you, what do you feel on that all? Um, well, first, like when you think about just that experience for those athletes, the volume that they had under their belt going into that Mm. and the amount of pulling that they had was pretty significant. (laughs) So I think a lot of those athletes could have climbed the pegboard had it been earlier. Absolutely. (laughs) So having said that, I do think the fittest athletes in the world should be able to climb a pegboard even when they're tired. Yeah. Um, Mm. I think pegboards are cool, but it's probably just because I used them when I was a kid wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do like when they bring some of the things that are a little bit outside of the norm, like the 100-pound dumbbell squat snatch. I like mm. that. Um, the kettlebell deadlift and farmer's carry. I like that. Uh, I personally I, – I, the pig, like when they had to flip the pig, that's yeah, cool. that's a good one. Personally – I'm not a big fan when things just get outside of the box, and that's just a preference as a fan. Yeah. I just like classic CrossFit. It's just more exciting for me, and I think I relate to it better. I appreciate it more, and that's just my preference. So I like to watch those things, even though I know there's value behind some of the stuff that's outside the box. It's kind of, Yeah, it's kind of that thing of, as a spectator, what you want to see, you know, you want to be drinking beer and watching someone, you know, do do a 130 kilo snatch and everyone gets around him and it's just really cool for the for the fan for the spectatorship as opposed to introducing something which is in the definition of CrossFit. There's something that's functional right. and varied, but it's not as exciting. You know, and you haven't done it before. Yeah, that's right. You don't know. You're like, oh, that looks difficult. Yeah, but I'll give it a I go. Don't know. I reckon it's you don't have that frame of reference, whereas you know that doing. 50, 100 kilo deadlifts mm. or, or, or whatever is brutal, you know? I you, guess, you know. Yeah. yeah. I guess for um, for finding the fittest on earth, someone who is the fittest on earth should be pretty good at just being able to do something off the bat. So I guess they probably in the future have to keep throwing those things in with the expectation that come next year, for example, with ring handstand push-ups that people are going to be able to knock them out like muscle-ups, for example. 
Yeah, I think that they're always going to have those outside elements in. And I think that's part of the fun of the games, mm. you know, is there's really no like, how do you prepare for something that you've never done? Mm. So it's, you know, I think we need to separate what the test is from what our preferences as fans are, mm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. the test is if they're really going to try to find the fittest, then the test has to be as broad and general and as and inclusive as possible. Mm. Um, and that may not always lend well to, uh, you know, the flow of the workout or the visual aspect. And I think that's probably the toughest part of probably what they have to do with programming for the games is, okay, how do we, how do we do these events and still create that visual appeal? Because let's face it, that's a piece of the event now yeah. is how does it look Absolutely. on TV and how does it look when they're moving down the field? How do they know who's in first place? That's a whole it's a production. other piece of the programming. Yeah. That I have no idea how, how I would approach it. Yeah. Hey, um, Chris, we know, uh, we know we only got to, you were for a certain amount of time today. Uh, you got to get out and coach some more classes. I want to ask, um, one more question on CrossFit game stuff. Tell us yeah. about, tell us about, um, your worst moment at the CrossFit games. Surely something oh, comes to mind. Man. Yeah, it is Pendleton. You know, in 2012, when uh, I had to do Pendleton, um, and that's stuff that I've notoriously been good at. I was trying to win it because I knew it was going to, you know, be important for the rest of the weekend. And I started, uh, I started out, and I don't know why. I normally always took my wedding ring off <laughs> and put it on my watch because, like, that's I didn't want to lose it, you know, mm-hmm. or yep. it just annoyed me with a barbell, but. For that event, I was like, okay, I'm not grabbing a barbell. I just want my wedding ring on as like a reminder of, you know, like why, partly why I do this and just to keep me calm. Like, here's what really matters. Mm. Yep. And started running, going in the water, getting ready to put my fins on and like I in six inches of water and oh, my no. wedding <laughs> ring slipped off my <laughs> finger. <laughs> and I That's see it so for this classic. brief moment and it, it's gone. It's in the Pacific Ocean, you know. <laughs> So I have this moment of panic and I'm like, oh my holy crap, like I just lost my wedding ring, you know. (laughs) But then I have this moment of, well, there's clearly nothing I can do about that. So I go to get in the water and I have my goggles on my head and I see this wave coming. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to turn my back to it because I don't want my my goggles to get knocked off. The wave hits the back of my my back and my head and my goggles just go flying forward. (laughs) So now I've lost my goggles. And... I'm like, holy crap, I just lost my goggles and I haven't even started the swim yet. So I think it was like a 750 meter swim and now I don't have goggles. I've lost my wedding band, finally get through the swim, get out of the water. And when we got onto the bike, I made a turn into the sand thing and I crashed on the bike and my (laughs) handlebars turned sideways, like spun sideways on the stem. So I had to like stop and fix that. And then when I started the run, that's when I got like these horrible cramps that I had never really experienced before. And I went from third place to last place <laughs> in the course of that six mile run. And I think I had to walk three and a half miles of it. It was horrible. Dude, that, that's actually, like the perfect way to start your, uh, yeah. start your Cross the Games campaign. It's actually so interesting. Right? Just, um, First event. <laughs> yeah. It's already gone. Just to this summer First recently. Of the weekend. Way to go. Yeah. I went down to uh, the beach and actually found a pair of goggles and a, and a wedding ring that said Mr. and Mrs. Spiller forever. And I, look, <laughs> right, I, right. I didn't actually put two and two together at the time, but uh, you're not going to get that back. <laughs> uh, never. 
never again. Yeah. Um, he's still single to this day, actually. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I just wear it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Hey, Chris, we want to quickly get um, six from six, uh, six questions, three from me, three from Tommy, and then we'll um, you can plug some stuff and then we'll get you out of here. But um, we'll do them nice and rapid fire. So today, uh, my first question is. Your favourite travel destination on the planet? Anywhere you've been, what's your favourite spot? Uh, Kauai. Kauai. That's in Hawaii, right? Got it. Yeah, cool. cool. Why's that? It's just beautiful. It's kind of like a little bit of mom and pop style too. It's smaller. It's not as touristy. And uh, it reminds me kind of like of the Park City version of Paradise in, in Hawaii. Cool. Beautiful. Nice one. And the next question, similar vein, except it's dream destination. Somewhere you haven't been yet that you're just hanging to get to. Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, I would love to go. I think to Alaska or like way up in like um, British Columbia, mm. like way way up there, and get some just killer skiing in. Cool, nice one. And um, any books that you recommend to people on a regular basis? Uh, not really, um, but I I think there's. A couple that have kind of stuck to my mind. There's one called Blue Lake Jazz. That's a cool book. And then there's another one called Through Painted Deserts. Um, and then a third one actually called The Shack. All those are pretty pretty cool reads. The Shack, I really enjoyed that. Shack cool. sounds good, yeah. Cool. Tommy, yeah. you're up. All righty, I'm up. Um, uh, Chris O, biggest uh, role model or inspiration growing up as a kid? Oh, man, growing up as a kid? I don't know that I really had one until I kind of got into high school. And, and the first time I really experienced that like inspiring thing, I saw um, the University of Iowa wrestling team. Oh. And those guys kind of got my brain wired to work hard. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, yeah, I've, I've never gotten into wrestling, but everyone I speak to absolutely loves it. I've got to start wrestling. <laughs> you want to wrestle now? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Stop. Um, what do you like to do now? I understand you're, you're a very busy man. Um, what do you like to do? when you have some downtime, um, apart from spend time with the family. That's, a, that's <laughs> yeah. an amazing one. Yeah. Um, winter, like to ski, and then summer, downhill mountain biking. Beautiful. Lovely. And finally, if you could invite three people, dead or alive, to have dinner with you, uh, who would they be and why? Three, uh, three people from the history of time that you'd love to meet. My goodness. That's a good question. <laughs> um, let's see. Three people, dead or alive. Dead or alive. Yes. Um, my yeah, my grandfather because I never met him. Um, he died before I was born, and I've heard like all these awesome like athletic epic stories about him. Um, so my grandfather, I think that'd be really cool to meet him mm-hmm. and just see what he was like. Um, Jesus, I think that would be awesome to sit down to dinner and be like, hey, bro. <laughs> What's like? What's the deal? We're what's running, going on with this? We're running, yeah, short, we're running short on wine. Yeah, give just us some wine. <laughs> yeah, right. And then uh, I'm trying to think of a third. I think the third. Um, gosh, I don't know. Those are like the two that strike me right off the bat. But a third, I don't know why. Abe Lincoln is coming to mind, and I think yeah, it's cool. probably because that's, that's what my kid would say: is they just want to meet Abe Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really. Can you, have you got a uh, an Abe Lincoln impersonation for us? <laughs> I have none. I guess I'm not even 
close to that tall and I don't have a hat that cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's really funny? A lot of people say Jesus and then a lot of people also say at the same table they'd love to have Hitler there and then mm. just, just Jesus give him an absolute, wow. an absolute <laughs> pounding. <laughs> right. Come on, mate. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> right, not, a, not a bad, yeah. Let's see if there's a way to prevent all that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All righty. Cool. Chris, so where can people find you? Any, um, any links, any websites, any social medias? Um, yeah, so really just social media is C Spieler. Uh, that's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Icon Athlete, that's also on Instagram. And then IconAthlete.com, that's the website with uh, the programming that we're doing now and really trying to gear it toward a broad range of people. Everything from they want to compete to the affiliate owner to um, guys that are in my position now that just love to get outside and put their fitness to use. So if you guys have questions, uh, we're trying to make it a really big resource just a valuable one for the community um, that that anybody can go to. So check out that, iconathlete.com, and that's really it. Cool, man. Awesome, well, uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show, Chris. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Cool. And uh, that's a wrap. Alrighty, that was the show. Chris Spieler, what a ledge, hey? What an absolute heath. What an absolute legend. What an absolute hubi. What an absolute humal matakas. What an absolute... <laughs> um, so, if you like the show, guys, if this is your first time listening, then go ahead and subscribe in iTunes and, uh, and stay up to date with what we're doing. If you're a long-time listener... Go ahead and send us a nice, lovely five-star rating and review. That'd be good. That'd be great. Thank you very much. And if you're a long-time listener, first-time caller, we don't know how you did that because we don't have any phones. <laughs> um, and uh, also, guys, if you liked anything from the show in terms of what we spoke about and there was any resources that you want to look up, head to www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash radio. It's radio now on the website. Correct. And, uh, and also... Make sure you check out our sponsors. So head to carve, www.carve.ph forward slash ADVF. Carve um, will get 10 free hours on any project, guys, if you go through that link. Head to TruePride, www.truepride.com.au forward slash ADVF to get your budget sorted. Um, save yourself $600 a month by spending $97 a month. That's Craig's average. And uh, also adventuretravel.com. That's it from us. See you next week. But actually, just quickly, we won't see them next week. They'll just be hearing us. Well, you'll hear <laughs> us next week. Much, much, much better. <laughs> Getcha.